This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts from around the world. And today, it is Jeff Halley in Singapore. Jeff, good morning from London. And good afternoon from Asia. And uh, we haven't spoken for a few days, actually, because we uh, had a bit of a break. Hope you're well. Let's get the latest where you are as far as Asia-Pacific is concerned. It's a bit of a mixed day in Asia. So we had quite a strong performance from the stock markets on Friday after a lower-than-expected non-farm payroll saw US yields move lower and mechanically, of course, all the other commodities uh, and all the other sectors all got bought, including stock markets. Uh, over the weekend, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary and former head of the uh, Federal Reserve, came out and said that uh, higher US interest rates would be a good thing. That seems to have taken you know, the heat out of any bullish bias uh, this morning in Asia. And we've seen a very much a mixed picture. Also, the uh, China trade data didn't perform quite as well as expected. So there's no dramas, no no hand-wringing or wild run for the exits, but we are seeing a very mixed picture. Uh, for example, Japan and South Korea are up modestly, while China is down modestly, along with that includes Hong Kong. Uh, we've seen Singapore rise uh, along with, uh, with Thailand, and uh, we've seen uh, countries such as Taiwan and Indonesia retreat slightly as is Australia. So all in all, it's a bit of a directionless mixed picture today. You mentioned Janet Yellen, Jeff, and of course she was uh, there at the uh, G7 meeting where an agreement was made for a global tax deal, and that will see a minimum tax rate of at least 15%, and that would hopefully uh, ensure that major corporations Uh, especially those with a strong online presence, we know who we're talking about there, will pay taxes in the countries where they operate, not only where they have their headquarters. So what has been the general reaction uh, to this deal? And plenty of questions to be asked, you know, is the tax level of 15% too low? And will countries outside of the G7, for instance, Ireland, uh, follow suit? What do you think? Well, it's going to be rolled out towards the G20 meeting, I think, which is at the end next week, I, I believe. So it's certainly been agreed within the G7 and is going to then be put forward to the, the wider G20 grouping. And then uh, the OECD have been working on this project for many, many years as well, and that will be the next step after that. It does seem to have a certain amount of momentum and inevitability with it because uh, both Europe and the US are, are most certainly supporting it. And when we think about it, uh, this is really only going to affect low-tax countries because most developed countries have a corporate tax that is higher than 15% anyway. And when we look at countries such as Singapore and uh, Hong Kong out here in Asia, their tax rates, are, I believe, are about 16 or 17% res- uh, respectively. It's only your, your tax havens, uh, such as uh, the Maldives, etc., etc., perhaps, um, or you know, places such as Vanuatu or, or the BVI, where there's zero tax rates, and of course Switzerland. Uh, but I believe that it has uh, some fairly underlying support around the world, and I think that there is a real momentum for a much fairer uh, tax uh, field, basically. This was obviously stopped during the Trump years. Uh, he was supporting uh, the US uh, technology uh, uh, lobby in particular, but they're not alone in uh, doing all these imaginative transfer pricing actions to low, low, low uh, corporate tax uh, countries. 
to maximise their income. But uh, I believe the world's changed, the wind's blowing uh, for a new direction, and this is the start of it. And even some of those tech giants have um, welcomed the news. I suppose they didn't really have much choice because it was a done deal. Um, We've seen, uh, I think, uh, Alphabet and so on uh, tweet their approval. What what do we think of what they're saying? I suppose as it's inevitable, they couldn't really do anything else. Yeah, and we have to remember that some of these uh, these tech giants, in particular, who are always at the the front and centre of this uh, of this noise, they have been paying taxes locally in other parts of the world for some time. Uh, Facebook and uh, and and Alphabet, for example, pay local taxes in Indonesia, which is a huge market for both of them. Uh, and there are other parts of the world where they do so as well. So this is an evolution of this fact. I mean, all good things must come to an end. Uh, and, and, and this is, this is uh, the way that um, it's developing. I think this is a classic case of um, technology uh, arising before the regulatory framework could actually catch up with it. And so after 10, 15 years, we're starting to see that movement. Can I ask you, Jeff, about the latest numbers on Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin and other major cryptocurrencies have continued to fall. And that after reports about this Chinese social media site, Weibo, which suspended key opinion leaders, quote unquote, reigniting fears of a further crackdown in the country. So why did Bitcoin drop? It pretty much is that. Weibo is actually the equivalent of Twitter in China. Obviously, you can't have Twitter in China much as you can't have Facebook. So there are equivalents. This is all part of the ongoing clampdown by government authorities on crypto, uh, well, the virtual currency space in general. I mean, it will be competing with their digital yuan. That may be part of it. But this is actually just a firming up of, of those rules. They're sending some quite strong signals. And I believe this is also... What I what, what I personally believe is the actual existential threat in the crypto space right now, and that is of escalating regulation or restriction, not just by China, but other governments around the world. And I, I believe that uh, the colonial pipeline uh, ransomware, uh, this meat company, uh, JB Meats uh, ransomware, these things are all paid in virtual uh, virtual virtual currencies. And I, I think uh, they may have flown too close to the sun when they start attacking critical infrastructure of countries uh, and then take payments in virtual currencies. So uh, I, I believe this will be an ongoing process, and, and that's why I'm quite bearish on uh, cryptos in general at the moment. Okay, let's look ahead to the next few days or so. What should we look out for during this week? Well, look, tier one data is just a little bit thin on the ground. We do have a huge number of inflation prints from around the world now, uh, the most prominent of those will be the US and the China ones. China's on Wednesday, uh, US is on Thursday. There's this ongoing tug of war between is inflation coming back or is it transitory? And the non-farm payrolls didn't really answer that question on Friday uh, ahead of this uh, FOMC meeting in the US, uh, and I believe it'll be next week. So the market is still torn between these two, and this is why we're seeing some quite choppy range trading across a lot of asset classes at the moment. So a strong signal uh, of higher inflation from the US and China would probably see uh, bond yields climb and uh, the dollar rise and equities fall. And if it's a low print, we're going to see the opposite reaction. The dollar will fall, equities will climb. 
but we're still not quite there yet as to whether inflation is transitory or sticky and the reactions from markets will be quite different for both. So perhaps that picture will get a bit clearer. We have the European Central Bank also with a rate decision on Thursday, although I expect that will be a non-event. Rates will be unchanged. QE will remain unchanged. I think they'd be one of the last central banks in the world to mention the taper word. Okay, Jeff, we'll speak to you again on Wednesday. Have a great couple of days. And to you, thanks for having me. The Oanda Podcast.